Hi friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, Forbes blogger, speaker, and now author of my own career book that has just released for pre-order on Amazon. You can probably guess the name as it's also called U-Turn, spelled Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. This book is all about getting unstuck, discovering your direction, and designing your dream career. I created the U-Turn podcast and wrote the U-Turn book with this goal of helping you reconnect to who you truly are and upgrading your confidence in work and in love. So if you're looking to get even more clarity beyond the podcast and even the book on where you belong in the workforce or you wanna make a career pivot or just explore your purpose overall, we have a brand new free quiz to help you out with that. Just head on over to ashleystahl.com if you wanna take it. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com for the free quiz. Also, I'm really excited to finally let you know that this episode has been brought to you by Organifi. I have fallen so in love with their smoothie protein, their chocolate, their vanilla, and also their green juice drink. I have both of these products every single day. And after years of declining and dodging sponsorship, because I didn't want to feel sticky promoting something to you, I decided that their products were so good, so transformative for my health and my morning routine that I reached out to them and asked if they wanted to sponsor the U-Turn show. So if you are inspired to upgrade your health during these uncertain times and you want products to add into your routine throughout the day, I just can't recommend them enough. I was able to get you a discount code for 15% off when you check out. All you gotta do is head on over to Organifi.com backslash U-Turn. It's spelled Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com backslash Y-O-U, T-U-R-N. Make sure you enter the code U-Turn at checkout on their website. And now let's dive in to this week's episode. It's both and, right? It's like, how can we show up to our relationships and communicate in a way where we're getting our needs met, but also not be only dependent on our relationship to create that sense of certainty or safety or peacefulness in our system. Hello, U-Turn friends. I am here and, you know, this is officially the only person I've had for three times on the U-Turn podcast and it is one of my best friends and such an inspiration to so many people, Sam Skelly. I like to call her Sam Smelly, but that's neither here nor there. She is the founder of Pause Breathwork, also the Hungry for Happiness coaching certification. She has a new book coming out right now. As you are listening to this episode, you can go get a copy called Hungry for Happiness. She originally came on the podcast, I think it was over a year ago, to speak about emotional eating. And then recently she talked about breath work. And now I want to talk to her about how to trust life and have more faith in general, because one narrative that we were both talking about before we started recording that so many people face is this need for feeling emotionally safe in their life. And I think we're in such weird times. 2020 has been such a doozy that it can be really easy to feel like there's no ground, there's no safety. And she has some tools for you to start getting a little bit more leverage and awareness around that and how to create that sense of wholeness um, with yourself. So 
Sam Smelly, thank you for being here. <laughs> What's up, girl? <laughs> I can't believe we were writing this book like what is it? A year and a half ago? It's crazy. Yeah. I I was it was when I first started dating Eric, or I don't even think I was dating him yet. And he's like, he was holding the book in his hand. He's like, I can't believe you because I went on one date with him and then I left to Bali with you for what, what was it? three weeks or something. Yeah. And so he's like, I can't believe this is what came out of that trip with Ashley. He's like, I didn't think you guys would get anything done. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I do think it's like a miracle that we got things done on that trip together. Oh my gosh. It was, we got so much done, not just the writing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Just the living. Um, You know, like I feel like Sam, you, Angie Lee, me, we we all kind of come from like a similar energy field. Like we've got like puppy energy and like we're excited about the world. Like, what do you think that is for you? Like, where do you get this energy for your business, for your life? Like, what do you think that's about? You know, it's funny, Ash. A lot of people have asked me this recently. And yeah, a lot of people they are like, how are you so happy all the time? Why are you so expressed? Why blah, blah, blah. And similar to to what you just said. And my answer is the the more in in my experience, the more self-love I have, the less Fs I give. So the more that I can have this really uh, strong sense of self and and knowing of myself and the more I can spend time actually getting to know myself, the more I just don't care because I'm not in the quest of seeking validation. But that, I mean, it, it wasn't always like that, especially, you know, I shared the story of my eating disorder in the first episode that you and I have done together on this podcast. And during those times when I had a really wavering sense of self and I didn't know who I was and I couldn't make decisive decisions because I was just not connected to my truth or who I was in general. So it really dimmed my light and didn't allow me to play in that energy of fun and excitement. And I think that's one of the huge reasons why you and I became such good friends so quickly is because we definitely vibe on that same vibration of just being an absolute nutcase. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like we've set ourselves free and people are watching us and we look crazy, but really we're just living in the freedom that everybody is in denial of having. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a joke. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like the journey of not giving a fuck. It's such a project. And what do you think ultimately you realized about the world that made you stop caring so much about what people think? Cause I know a lot of people care a lot about what people think. People attack me. They attack my image or their perception of who I am, but they're not attacking who I actually am like my beingness. And so I've spent a lot of time really separating those two things of like, okay, if you leave me a shitty comment on YouTube or you send me a, a a DM or whatever, you are attacking a version of me that is so incredibly limited by what I choose to put on social media and not who I am. Now, Ash, if you were to attack my character, it would be a completely different story because you know me intimately. And so that for me would be like, all right, I need to pause. I need to look at this. I need to see what she sees and I need to grow from that. So I think they're very good at, by the way. And I feel like a whole slew of me asking you how you became so not defensive. I feel like there's a whole Mm. world of information. I could be asking you about that as well. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I, that's that, that, thank you. That's an interesting thing. And I think my my desire for constant growth allows me to constantly be be in that seat of like, show me what I'm not seeing. 
And, you know, you, you and I have had these conversations of, of that and, and you've witnessed me having other conversations with other people on this. And I think it's just so interesting for me to just see people's perception and see what's actually there. Because I always want to view it under the lens of like, what am I not seeing and how can I grow to be a better human? And, and knowing that the main reason why, you know, I came to this planet, we all came to this planet is because our souls want to evolve. We want to become bigger and better than, than we were before. And so viewing life in this experience under that lens sort of like allows me to lean in to be like, okay, how else can I grow here? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then there's the other side of it, which you've seen me do before where I, I, I take too much responsibility. And yeah. so that was something that you pointed out to me in Bali. And I thank you so much for that because there is that, that other side of the coin, right. Of like, sometimes I'll take too much responsibility and too much ownership when it's actually like not my side of the street to clean up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, and I feel like there, there's something where a lot of people do have a thing where they keep apologizing. And I, I feel like there, it's a whole different thing where people are not defensive. Like, I swear to God, I could look you in the face and be like, you're a mess. You're bothering everybody. I could say the worst things to you, Sam. And I genuinely feel like you would be like, thank you for telling me that. Let me reflect. And I feel like and so this kind of plays into the topic of this episode, which is like this need for safety that people mm. have. It feels like you have your own self-safety where if I tell you the most nightmarish thing, you feel a sense of safety with life. And I know that that's something that a lot of people are seeking. I know in my relationship with William, like wanting to feel emotionally safe is like mm. priority num numero fucking uno for me, you know, like yeah. the week. And so what do you think is going on with so many people feeling this need for safety? And what do you think it's really about or how are people mm. navigating it? So safety is our fourth emotional need after food, water, and shelter. We have to feel this sense of safety. And the way that we have grown up is we've externalized that internal need. So when we were growing up, we looked to our parents for safety or our caretakers for safety or the school system for safety or whatever it was. And as we got older, we were like, well, if I go to college and I get a really good degree and I get a high paying job, then maybe I'll be safe. And if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that the rug can be ripped underneath us in a second and we lose all of our sense of safety. And so the huge distinguishing factor here is teaching ourselves and honestly, it's reparenting ourselves to find within us that felt sense of safety. So the, we are not, so that need is not dependent on anything outside of ourselves. So I used to, I used to externalize my need for safety in so many different, so many different ways. So for one, controlling my food. If I had control over my food and I ate only this and I exercised in this way, then I, w I won't gain weight and then I'll be safe and then I'll be loved. And I controlled it in, 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 in many other ways until I realized the sensation that I'm actually looking for and the thing that I really want to feel is just feeling like I can rest in my body without needing to perform or do or hustle or do anything. And that felt sense of just peace and resting in our body is what we're ultimately searching for and looking for when we externalize that internal need. 
but we're hustling so much trying to build all the things and create structures and have these bank accounts and all these things to, to trick us into thinking that we have it, but it's always, it, it, it's a moving target. You know, and I, I also think, um, you know, just kind of reflecting on this idea of safety, you talked about how a lot of us are, before we were recording, seeking like a placebo, like a way to create a sense of safety. What are some of the different like sneaky ways you see people doing that? I wonder how you see me doing that. I feel like even scared to ask you because I'm like, fuck, she knows too much. Like this whole podcast is about to be so mortifying. But like, what are you seeing around you, not just with yourself, but the people around you and just the world as a whole when it comes to looking for some sort of placebo to feel safe? Mm. Do you want me to start with you or people in general? Yeah, screw it. Let's just do me. Okay. What am I, doing? I notice it in your, in your relationship, right? There's like this, um, when we're younger, it's called like the reach and receive. So you reach out to be like, I need my needs matter or meet me. And if, and if the child is not met in the way that they want to be met, then they create a, a sort of like a wound of like, my needs aren't important. Right. And so, yeah. So in relationships, and I do this with Eric as well, just in a different way, it's like, it's like you reach and when you're not met in the exact vibration or the exact sort of way you want to be met, it will kind of go into these patterns of like, oh no, will I ever get my needs met? And then we can kind of spin in a little bit of like almost anxiety. We kind of, kind of get spun out in a little unsafety circle in our system. Yeah. Yeah. And so what that can cause is, is our, our systems and our sort of the, these frozen in time parts, which I'll talk about in a second, start then creating stories of like, well, I'm not getting my needs met because they're not available to meet my needs, or I'm not getting my needs met because I'm not doing something or it's a worthiness issue or, or, or whatever it is. And so I find that Ash, you find this safety in so many areas of your life. So that would be like the one thing that, um, that is, is like an, a, definitely a growth edge for you. And one that like, I'm so excited to witness you move through. Cause it's so, it, it, it's so you can move through it with so much ease and especially like your man's amazing. And I know he'll create that for you. And I think, I think in addition to that though, it's both and right. It's like, how can we show up to our relationships and communicate in a way where we're getting our needs met, but also not be only dependent on our relationship to create that sense of certainty or safety or uh, peacefulness in our system. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what you're sharing is so true. I mean, it's like when I'm feeling down and um, the, I'll think about my partner, William, and be like, okay, how, how can I reach out to him and get validation or love that makes me feel like this stressful day is actually a little bit more okay mm-hmm. versus how can I be with myself in my stressful day and nurture me? And so I'm curious, like you were talking about like weight gain and all of these different ways that people might create some sort of self-sabotage or challenges in their relationship with themselves. Like, what do you think people are doing when, um, they are looking for that quest to feel safe? I think money is like the easiest and biggest one because we're in a world where money equals power equals success, like get the high paying job and you will be great. And I think a lot of your listeners can really resonate with that one, right? Especially the listeners who are looking for a career shift because they realize they had a need for safety. They went for the good paying job. They got it. And now they're like, oh man, I'm so unhappy and I'm so unfulfilled. I want something else. And so I think jobs and money is sort of like the most obvious one 
in our, in our world. The second one is sort of like living in fantasy and relationships and like painting this photo of like the woman or the man is going to save me. And, and, and then I will feel safe. Then I will finally do whatever body image and food is the same thing. You know, it's like when I get to the goal weight of however much, and when I get my shit together, when it comes to my relation with my food, then I'll lose the weight. Then I'll be lovable then I'll be safe because someone will find me and marry me and then I'll finally make it. And we create these fantasies. We create these illusions that keep us stuck playing that when then game, when I do this, then I'll do this. And the truth is, is we are constantly creating our reality. Every single moment we are influencing our reality and we can't, we're not in control of anything, but we can highly influence it. So I can influence my felt sense and my need for safety by constantly going into my body and feeling it and, and having the spaciousness to actually feel all of my emotions and go, it's okay. It's okay to feel anxiety. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay to feel depressed. This, all of this is part of being human. And how can I just feel the anxiety and the safety at the same time? So that's a tool that I use called emotional balancing. When it comes to emotionality, we're often very black and white. I'm either happy or I'm sad. It's either a good day or a bad day. But there's so many narratives and there's so many flavors and shades of emotion. We just have to pay attention. And so when I'm feeling anxious, which, which this week I felt super anxious, like I've had this ball of anxiety in my solar plexus and it's been weird. <laughs> but... I also, if I go down my body into like my belly, my belly feels very, very safe. There's a lot of, I call it resource. There's a lot of resource there. And then my heart also feels very, very, very safe. So I was focusing on, okay, let me pay attention to my heart. Let me pay attention to my belly and let me, let me sort of activate those two centers of my body so that I'm full of more of that emotion. Cause if my, if I was only in my mind thinking only about my anxiety, I would start spinning and spinning and spinning. And this is where we get into situations where we think we need something outside of ourselves. Like I need to, I need, you know, my partner as my lifeline, or I need that bag of chips, or I need to go work out, or I need to do this, or I need to do this. And we kind of get into this chaotic frenzy of thinking that we need something outside of ourselves, but we just need to balance those, those sensations. So we're not feeling just the anxiety. Hey, U-Turners. So sorry for the quick interruption, but I am so excited. Our sponsor Organifi is offering a promotion through September 24th that you've got to know about. Every single afternoon, I've been warming myself up some coconut milk and using a frother with a scoop of Organifi gold, Organifi pumpkin spice gold, or Organifi's chocolate gold powder. These powders are turmeric lattes, tonics with mushrooms, and all sorts of Ayurvedic herbs to help your health. And they have curbed my sweet tooth every single day and felt like kind of a dessert for me in the afternoon. So when you go on over to Organifi.com slash U-Turn and you use your checkout code, you're going to get 15% off on the trio bundle and a free frother, which is such a game changer for making your latte. All I do is warm up my coconut milk. You can do any sort of milk, put a scoop of my favorite gold, pumpkin spice, or chocolate gold product into my cup and I use the frother to blend it and there you go. You've got an amazing latte to curb your sweet tooth just like I have mine. 
All you got to do is go to O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash U-Turn, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, and use the U-Turn code when you check out for that 15% off and that free frother when you get the trio bundle of Organifi Gold, Chocolate Gold, and Pumpkin Spice. It is so exciting that they're offering this, and it's good until September 24th, so make sure you grab it while you can. I think what's coming up as I'm listening to you is just this idea of individuating from your family. I know this is so random almost, but it feels like there's also, you talked about money and, um, you know, like our our bodies and all these different areas that we can feel a sense of safety. And I think family, you know, like people feel like they have this, like, if they go into their work day and they have a good family relationship, they have this like invisible force field they carry with them of support. And like, they have this awareness that they're more okay because they have this family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in that you were talking about relationships before, it's like people can have this like fantasy bond with their family and think that they have these close relationships with their family that maybe they don't. And I sense that a lot of people are held back because they want to feel the safety of their family and they're afraid to individuate and be their own person and have their own thoughts and like even speak up. Like I know with the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, there's a lot of like people who are probably trying to figure out what to do with the fact that their, you know, weird aunt is racist or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of that has to do with individuating. And so I'm curious, like for people who want to be more of an individual and have more sovereignty with themselves, what is your triad and and what can we share with everybody about that? Because I'm guessing that that would be a really good tool or it's just something for people to look at as they're Mm. considering like breaking through these traditional like structures of saying like my family is where I'm safe. My relationship is where I'm safe. And they're able to actually look at themselves and say, I am where I am fucking safe, you know? Mm. Dude, that's such a great question. I think a really important structure to look at is this whole misery loves company structure. It's like, what is the true need in that? The true needs connection. So we stay in these dynamics of gossip and these lower vibrational conversations about whatever with people that we love or our family, because we fear that if we are not in a connection that is lower. We just won't be in any connection at all. Right. Mm. So this is where discernment comes in when we can understand why we're in these, call them toxic connections. We got to ask ourselves, what is the need? What is the emotional need that I'm filling by being in this dynamic? What is the emotional need that I'm feeling? And so when, when it comes to like the family thing and not being expressive and not speaking out, it's like, well, The fear is if I speak out, then I will be, you know, I will be cast away. You know, they won't love me anymore. I I will lose connection and connection is such a fundamental need. Like we have to feel connected in some way. Mm -hmm. And even going back to tribal times, you know, even going back to, if we lost connection in the tribe, we would die. And so that narrative on a, very primal level is still seeking to express itself today, even though that's not true that we won't die. So yeah, it's important to really understand where we're deficient in our emotional needs and looking to find healthy, sustainable ways 
to meet those needs so that we're not caught in dynamics that are depleting us, but we're addicted because we need to have them. Mm -hmm. So the triad is something that I teach. And essentially it's a framework where we can look to the different parts of us. So think of, think of your body for those people listening, think of your body and inside your body, you have multiple different versions of yourself at multiple different ages. Okay. So say for instance, you have a four-year-old, you've got a six and a half year old, you've got a 12 year old, you have all of these different ages that did not get their needs met when they, when you were growing up. So you needed love, you needed connection, you needed whatever it was, and it didn't, you didn't get your needs met. So you created what we call a protector. So if your need was connection and you didn't get the connection that you wanted, maybe you decided that you just like guarded up and you're like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm only going to connect with, you know, I'm never going to connect with these people again. I'm only going to connect with these people. And we create these barriers to our hearts. So what we have to understand is what are the true emotional needs of these vulnerable small parts that are, think of them as almost frozen in time. And how can we meet those emotional needs so that we're not operating with the, those protectors. And a protector could be, you know, I get my needs met through aggression. I get my needs met through controlling things, right? If we have a need for safety, we're going to start controlling things. So we're predicting the outcome, right? So that could be another protector. A protector could be the avoider. Like I'm just going to avoid life at all costs because I'm afraid of not getting my needs met. So we have emotional needs. We have these frozen in time parts and we have these protectors. So as we evolve and as we grow, this process is truly reparenting ourselves and, and giving ourselves the things that we needed that we missed out on as a child. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, it's so true. And it's interesting. Um, I'm taking this mindfulness class. I don't think I was in it yet, Sam, when we were. No, it sounds new. Yeah, it's on Thursday nights and it's this um, form of th this therapist who runs it. And there's eight of us on Zoom and it's a year. And it's just this random thing I'm doing. And the therapy is called DBT. I think it's like dialectical behavioral therapy. I don't know. Mm. And there's this thing in it called SUDS and it's subjective units of distress. And they talk about how like the goal is to be at zero because that's where your intuition is. And they said, if you go too far to the right and you go to a hundred on the right, that's being very emotional. And then if you go to a hundred to the left, that's being very logical, like so mm. logical, that there's no feeling involved. There's no integration. Um, so it's like a different field of work. That's really kind of showing what you're talking about. Like when you were saying like the way that people protect, you know, like mm -hmm. some people go to like controlling the thing and that's like the logical thing that they want to do. Like, you know, trying to control something and using logic for it. Other people go into like emotional meltdown. It, it's just so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, when, when was like the moment that you realized there could be a different way for yourself? Like when did things mm -hmm. kind of move for you? Cause I didn't know that Sam, that was like lost or, mm -hmm. you know, like, I feel mm -hmm. like I've always known you as somebody who's found with mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. You and I met probably three years ago, three or four. Yeah. It's three or four years it. ago. Yeah. And I was about 20, gosh, probably like 23 when I was sort of figuring my stuff out and maybe 24. So it was like six years ago, seven years ago. So that was a time where it was, it was as if like I was at a, 
a crossroads. There was a fork and I'm like, I have to make a decision. And I was sort of straddling the decision for a long time. Like I know in my heart, there's this way to live, but holy shit, it feels so scary to commit to that, you know, to commit to the path of uncertainty, to commit to the path of the unseen. So many of the things that I believe in and talk about, it's like, I've never actually, you know, at the time I couldn't like see these things. I couldn't really feel these things. And then there is the path of the way that I saw everyone else doing life, those around me anyways, of like, you know, being self-destructive and living in scarcity and, you know, working a job that they hate and all the, all this kind of stuff. And I could have so easily gotten spun up in that, but there was this moment and I, and I, and I remember the moment, like I remember exactly where I was and I'm like, I have to go all in on myself. Like I got to, cause that's the only way that I'm going to win this game we call life. And I, and it's still true to this day. And I ask myself that question when I'm journaling, it's like, where am I not going all in on me? Because I know I'm my best ROI. Like if I put myself on the line, I will win every single time. If I'm betting on myself, I will win every single time. And I think that's like such a, it's given me so much trust in life because what I know to be true is I'm not the only one steering the ship. There's, I'm supported and, and I'm, you know, whether you want to call that God, universe, spirit, higher self, whatever it is, Buddha, I don't know, whatever your wording is, I honestly don't think it matters because I think words actually separate us. But when we connect to the feeling of like, I know that I am not alone in this and I know I'm divinely guided every single day. And I know when shit gets hard and overwhelming, that's just me getting in my own way with my ego and my mind. And it's actually not a big deal because you know, it's like the only important thing here is happiness. It's like, how can we just have fun? How can we be happy? How can we just like live out our most exciting lives in alignment with what we believe is an exciting life? And yeah, I, you know, we've, we complicate, it's interesting, Ash. Like I, I, I laugh at this all the time that my two companies teach people how to eat and breathe like the most simple fucking human basic things. But we've come so far away from what is our true nature that we, we, we need to relearn how to be human. And I think we just really complicated a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and kind of going back to like your companies and everything, like what inspired you to write hungry for happiness? I know that this is like quote unquote updated, but tell me about the book, what moved you to write it and who is meant to be reading it? Mm. So going through my eating disorder from 18 to 23 and realizing that every single time I turned for help, it wasn't working and it was only making things worse. So I, every doctor I went to was like, start a food journal, go on a diet, do this thing. Just, it was crazy. The advice that I was getting, cause it wasn't helping. And so um, it's funny because I, I, I went to Bali to heal from my eating disorder. And then I wrote the book in Bali, which is crazy. Um, but remember the, remember the yoga bar and Ash? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember, I remember being at the yoga barn and it was right after reading, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's eat, pray, love. And, you know, she was just talking about the path of like the inner route and how we can begin to heal ourselves from the inside out. And I was like, 
there's something to this. And I'm super committed to healing my emotional eating and healing my overeating and my exercise addiction through doing the inner work. And at the time, like I didn't even know what inner work was. And maybe people listening, you're not, you're at a place where you're like, I don't even know what that means. And so I just want to invite like anyone into this conversation who has no idea what that is because I didn't, I was like, I'm not even sure what it means to love myself. And so through all of the energy work that I did and breath work and, and meditation and I hated meditation and then I sort of liked it and then I hated it. And, and now I'm sort of in the middle, but I, I began to realize that the path of true healing is on the inside and emotional eating is just, I was trying to externalize an internal issue. I was trying to diet my way out of emotional eating. I was trying to think my way out of it. And it really took the inner path for me to sustainably heal from emotional eating and exercise addiction. And so the book is for anyone who's ever struggled with emotional eating, overeating, body image issues of any kind. And also in addition to that, it's, it's, it's for people who just want a deeper path of healing. You know, I think food is the drug that I chose, but maybe your drug is work addiction. Maybe your drug is, um, you know, wine or whatever it is. It's like the, the, the need to numb out life because we haven't found life within ourselves. So that's, uh, that's kind of like a story about the book. So it's, it's part story. Like I tell my, my story of through my journey, but then each chapter also has integrative exercises and breathwork and meditation, uh, throughout it as well. Okay. Beautiful. And when I also think about you and emotional eating, like those two things don't even go together. And I guess that's why you teach it. Um, but what do you think is, and, and I know we, we had an episode on it, but what would you say is the crux of why that happens for so many people? It goes back to, to the emotional needs. It goes back, goes back to the trial that we talked about is we are trying to fulfill a need inside of us that we don't have the tools to, to, to meet yet. So that need is like, oh, I just, I'm just going to have, you know, I'm just going to have another helping because I want to feel full. Like we just want to feel full of life, but we, we confuse that in our brain and we use food instead. And so the whole idea is what are we actually hungry for? Like what is, what, what are we truly missing? If we are feeling depleted and unfulfilled, what is it that we can do to begin to fill ourselves up? So we're not using food as a drug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, as far as the beginning of healing, let's say somebody's listening right now and they're like, I want safety for my relationship. I want my partner to make money so that I don't have to, mm -hmm. I want my, I, I you know, I can't mm -hmm. go to this party unless three friends come with me because I don't want to go alone. Like what would your message be to them? All of that and more is not having that sense of self. So approach yourself every single day with this curiosity of who you are at the core. And maybe there's some worthiness wounds there. And maybe there's a story like, well, I'm not, I'm nothing special. I'm not, I'm, I'm no big deal. Or I, I don't even, I don't even know if I like myself and, and just notice what stories are yours and what stories were told to you, or you've taken on from society. Cause I can promise you like every single human is so incredibly unique and beautiful and has so much to offer to the world. And maybe that wasn't the messages that we got when we were younger. So we just sort of dismissed it. 
So really get curious about who you are. And I still do this today. I'm like, who am I really? Who am I at the, at the deepest part of me? Like what is, who, who exists? And every single day I get to know a little bit more about me. I get to peel back layers and let go of parts of me that are just identities from the past that no longer serve me. And I get to really get, get intimate with, with who I am. And the more that I do that, the more I don't want to rely on anyone else or, or think that my life is not sacred. It's this journey of life is just getting to know yourself, making things sacred. So you can truly just live and enjoy and and just extract as much happiness from life as possible. Mm, And who would you say, and I know I kind of asked this, but I love that message. Like who would you say is the perfect person listening right now to be reading your book and shifting? The person who is just feeling numb and Mm. feeling like they're wanting more, but don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. That would be Mm -hmm. it. The deep sense of unfulfillment. I just love, I'm so happy that you came back on and that we got to talk about all of this. Um, Is there anything I haven't asked you about safety or about the quest for safety that you feel like I can ask you about before we go? Mm. I think just another thing to, to note is I think a lot of people in my experience from teaching thousands of people, these concepts is it's every single day we can find a little bit more truth. We can find a little bit more self-love. We can find a little bit more um, just compassion for ourselves. And so allow it to really be a journey that unfolds that you get to be on for the rest of your life. There's no, there's no end point. There's no destination. And I want you to receive that message as like expansion, not like, Oh, I got to do this forever. Like it truly is the greatest walk of life is the one back into our bodies and back into ourselves. And it, it, it allows every part of our every part of our life to be so much easier. One of my friends, Chris Winfield says, I work hard to make my life easy. And I just love that because it encapsulates everything that we've talked about in this episode. The more that we can do the work and meet these emotional needs, the less busy we have to be trying to meet our needs in ways that are ultimately unfulfilling. That's everything. It's Mm. so true. And I, you know, I think a lot of that comes down to like ownership, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, I had a client the other day in my practice and she was saying to me, like, she's very motivated by making a lot of money. And, And I was just thinking to myself, like, where is it in the coaching space that we were taught that there's something wrong about that? Like there's something for her about the quest and about the saving and about like investing and all of that. That's like really fulfilling for her. I think she just loves her freedom. She doesn't really want to work. And I was just reflecting on what she was saying, thinking like, where were we all taught that that's not like a worthy Mm. goal, you know? Mm. And there's, there's so many things I could see her doing or saying or trying to take on to show the world that she is like a good person. And sometimes I just want to tell her and I, and I have as my client, just like, Hey, give yourself permission to just love that goal. Like if that's a goal that's so true for you and it's coming from the right place, like Mm -hmm. go, go for it. You know, Mm. it can be that simple and and we don't have to seek some other agenda so that we can feel like, you know, we're doing something quote unquote right in the world. Um, It's like everything gets to be sacred if it's true. 
And if that is her truest expression of her authenticity, then that gets to be celebrated so much. But yeah, I'm, I'm so with you. It's so interesting. Like, where did these narratives come from? I'm confused. <laughs> Who created them? Yeah. yeah, totally. I don't know. I feel like like, if I've gone to like coaching seminars, they're like, money isn't the goal. It's what money's going to give you. And I'm like, all right, but money is still giving you that thing. So if somebody wants that money for that thing, that's fine. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a neutrality to it sometimes, Absolutely. but I think, um, there's sometimes there's a shame as well. I think in our social discourse about, you know, like for, for example, friends I've had who just want to date and have sex, there's like a, there's like a shame to that, but if they can be safe within themselves and make that choice, and that's just what they want to do, it's like, they don't have to go chase some sort of other agenda that's somebody else's agenda and not their own, you know? So Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying here of like, give yourself safety, give yourself permission and stop running around trying to justify or find something that, um, is on the sidelines. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, Sam smelling, um, what, and can you remind everybody what, uh, where they can go to get your book and about your meditations that you're giving away? And I really want to get those. So yeah, definitely. So hungry for happiness.com slash book. You can get the book there. And when you pop your receipt number on that page, we will send you our 21 day meditation series for free. And that goes through a lot of the concepts that I was talking about of how to find safety, how to trust life, how to connect to your heart, how to actually find your intuition. It goes through. And I think when we're in that meditative space and, and when we're using our breath, we can release the mind. So the mind's actually not figuring it out. It's, it's the body that's figuring it out. So, um, so yeah, you can read the book and do the meditation alongside it. Ah, oh, thank you, Sam. Smelly. <laughs> You're so welcome. I love you. I love you. It's <laughs> the charm having you on the show. It's so good that you've been here. Thanks to everybody listening. Thank you. Hey there, it's Ash here, and it was so fun to have my friend Sam Skelly back on the podcast yet again, her third time, the only guest I've had on three times, and I'm so excited about her book, Hungry for Happiness. I already have ordered my copy, and I'm just so inspired to read about her journey. It's funny, we were writing it together in Bali, and now I get to kind of read what she was writing next to me all of that time, and Uh, You know, the topic of body image is something that is so deeply rooted in a journey that I've had and I think so many women have had uh, and men in their lives. And growing up in Los Angeles, I was pretty much the only person that I knew in my friend group that did not have an eating disorder, but I definitely had developed some tendencies that I think were rooted in my relationship with my mother. Um, For example, growing up, she was always on a diet. She was always kind of like criticizing her body and As a result, I kind of was also always on a diet, always kind of critical of my body. And it wasn't something that I obsessed over every day. I didn't let it hold me back from going to the beach or wearing a swimsuit or any of those things. But I always found it really interesting that I was the only person that I really knew in my friend group that didn't have an eating disorder. A couple of my friends were hospitalized from it. And so I I ultimately kind of want to talk to you now about what can you do to be kind to your body? Because there's so many different ways that we burn out our body, that we drive our body body into the ground and we don't appreciate our body. And that kind of relationship with our body usually translates into less love for ourselves in general. So I want to start this post episode conversation off with asking you to ask your body a question. And the question is, do you trust me? Just ask your body that question and see what thoughts come up in your mind. What does your body say to you? 
Does it say, yeah, I trust you? Does it say, no, you're not nice to me. You treat me like shit. Like whatever it is, um, ask your body, do you trust me? And from there, usually the answer is going to be quite quick. And if you're thinking too long, you're not listening to the answer. Um, and, and I think what's so important is to build that trust with yourself because uh, one of the most research-backed things that I read when I was getting my master's in spiritual psychology was that a way to build confidence is in keeping commitments with yourself. And I think one commitment that is really not necessarily easy but great to cultivate is in different ways to tend to your body. Um, so I've had a, di a few different categories that I've been doing this. Number one is, um, I used to take a shower, hop out of the shower and not even make time to put lotion on. I was always in productivity mode. And to me, you know, taking the time to put lotion on wasn't productive. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that putting lotion on every single day is a way for me to slow myself down, tend to my body and give it love. Um, my skin looks literally like an alligator when I don't do this. And it has been such a loving thing to do. Another thing that I've worked on with my body is having a supplement regime. Um, I started taking a multivitamin, vitamin D. I started taking vitamin C every single day. Now I take a pretty much a whole shelf of supplements and I also am absolutely in love with my Organifi, which has just been such a big deal for me every single day. My protein shake, I used to have them in the morning as part of my morning routine and now I take them after I work out and they're usually a meal replacement for me and their vanilla protein and their chocolate protein both legitimately taste like a milkshake. You will never eat a better protein and very low in calories, very high in protein, and they taste amazing with like bananas and, and um, strawberries, blueberries, highly recommend that. And if you haven't checked out our website at Organifi.com slash U-Turn, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, you can also use the U-Turn code as you check out for 15% off, what which they're offering right now, which is super exciting. But even if you don't want to check that out, I think adding something recurring into your day for your diet is so important. And I know that their protein is multivitamin packed and that's what inspired me to try them out and reach out to them to sponsor us in the first place. I love their stuff. Um, but even if it's not that for you, is there something that you can add into your diet on a recurring basis every single day that you know is really healthy, really loving, really kind to your body. And then of course, the next thing that I focused on during quarantine is movement. So I have gotten so focused on every single day moving and I even got a trainer five days a week to be able to do this. And if you can't afford a trainer, know that there are so many videos on YouTube, especially under pop sugar. If you put on YouTube pop sugar workouts, you're gonna be able to see 20 minute workouts every single day. There's so many different influencers offering workouts on YouTube. You can put it up on your TV screen, do a workout every day, just buy a few basics on Amazon and have yourself an in-home gym. Uh, I know it's so hard to get into a rhythm and a flow, but that kind of movement is so key for your body. If you don't have mobility, you don't have longevity. And that is something that I've been really focused on. And then the final thing when it comes to my body is stopping my temptation to burn myself out. At the beginning of COVID, I looked at the white space on my calendar that was left from not socializing anymore and staying at home. And I just was like, yes, I'm going to work myself into oblivion. I have so many goals that I have new space for. I'm going to fill it. And instead, 
of taking this time to really turn inwards and take care of myself, I started off COVID with a lot of work on my plate. And so another area that I have really worked on is saying no to things that don't work for me, making a more manageable schedule, getting to know my actual work productivity. Sometimes I throw tasks onto myself and I'm not even considering how long it actually takes me to create and do those tasks. Uh, so I just want to offer these different options to you. Um, I'm also using an aqua true water filter and I'm trying to have a half gallon minimum of water every single day. I got a thermos on Amazon and I know that I need to have two thermoses every single day. So water, movement, supplements, uh, a recurring thing in your diet, lotion, just anything you could do to be kind to yourself I think is so important during this time. There's so much fear about all of this virus in the air and I think it's just so much more empowering to shift your focus onto being really well, being really strong and feeling really good. Uh, I am the last person I would have ever thought that I would enjoy a protein shake or a workout. And it's something that I'm adding into my life and it's adding so much value, giving me so much energy. And I want that for you too. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation and that you practice a little more body love. And I can't wait to connect with you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. If any of our guests mention any resource that you're interested in, you can head on over to ashleystall.com and press the podcast tab to see any show notes. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you're also going to see our brand new free quiz, helping you discover which career path you're actually meant for. It's followed by tons of content-packed emails about your personality in the work and of course we just can't thank you enough for your written reviews these reviews mean a lot for our show to keep getting out there so if you ever send me a dm on the gram and i'm so grateful that you have i would love it if you would copy and paste that into the podcast app of your smartphone as a written review it would mean so much for us over here at the show thanks again for being here and i can't wait to connect with you next week